Welcome to another episode of the Coal Region Campfire, the first episode of 2019, first official episode, other than the uh, bonus episodes for the Winterfest. Hopefully you guys had a good time there. Um, but today we have a exciting uh, guest, Gil Kim, uh, who is the Director of Player Development for the Toronto Blue Jays. Yes, that is a major league team. Uh, yes, he is from Pottsville. And look at him making... Uh, big waves in the world, um, but I've been trying to get him uh, for about a year, uh, and finally our, our our calendars linked up, and he was gracious enough to uh, join me on a call. And um, definitely, if you're a younger athlete, or if you're a parent of a younger athlete, or you're just involved in athletics, or you like athletics, it's definitely a good listen. Uh, he gives a lot of good um, insight, and you know kind of a no surprise here there's not much different uh from the pro level um to the amateur level just in terms of attitude and um it seems like they do look a lot into that uh but before we get to gill um our sponsor darren j march uh he is a certified financial financial planner with raymond james uh darren is a potzel native and has been advising clients for more than 18 years in northeastern pa and he specializes in retirement planning and offers an independent, unbiased approach to investing. I can speak from experience. Um, I know we always say every week he does house calls or whatever. Well, guess what? He does house calls because he came to my house. Um, he uh, actually took care of my wife's uh, rolling over her 401k. And now he's taking care of me, getting me set up. Um, and I couldn't be more pleased. Uh, but yes, he does make house calls. My dog, uh, Scout. Um, definitely barked a lot at him. I mean, he is six and a half pounds, so he is a little scary. Um, but nonetheless, uh, if you have any questions about your retirement, I highly recommend Darren. Um, even if you just had a couple questions asked, I had a ton of questions, uh, believe it or not. And he was more than patient answering them. And I'm sure some of them sounded stupid, but he was there and he didn't make me feel dumb for asking. But if you want to reach out to him, 570-640-8010 or email him at darren.march at raymondjames.com. Raymond James Financial Services, member FINRA SIPIC, Investment Advisory Services offered through Raymond James Financial Services Advisors, Inc. And now on to Gil. Now, just for for people who don't know, you're a Plotzel grad. Uh, correct. Potzel. I have that correct, right? Well, I went to, uh, I attended Potzel area high school. And then, um, after my sophomore year, I, I went to the Lawrenceville school in New Jersey. So okay. I ended up graduating there. Yep. Um, and then you went to Vanderbilt, uh, played baseball there. Um, but I, you know, I was, when I was doing a little research on, on your journey, I mean, it's really incredible. I mean, uh, so today you're, you're the, you know, you're director of player development for the Toronto Blue Jays. Um, but obviously like anything else in life, this wasn't, uh, you know, an overnight, uh, success. Um, so you went to Vanderbilt and then you start playing, you played in Netherlands, Beijing, Australia, Spain, and then you landed in Venezuela. Um, could you kind of just talk a little bit about, you know, I think you you were a second baseman. Is that right? Sure. sure. Okay. I was, uh, was well, at Vanderbilt really, I was watching, all the players play. So I spent a good amount of time on the bench, um, watching, watching the team play, but it was, uh, when I did get in there, it was as an infielder. Yes. Um, now what, more importantly, what little league team did you play on here? 
I was on Clousers. Oh, um, okay, Railway. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So uh, JC's Clousers. Um, I I can still remember. Um, I can still remember the night that uh, that Railway called um, to let me know I was I had made the the District Twenty Four All Star team. That 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 really was I think for some of us the the highlight of our lives. Really. Oh my God! Um, yeah. <laughs> We we wanted to play in that tournament and be a part and, and represent Railway and um and and so sure that that was a great experience. Did you have any championships with Clausers? Uh, unfortunately, we did not. No. Okay. <laughs> All right. The, the Sprite was the uh, was like the Yankees of Railway, right? Back in in that time. There were there were a lot of uh, there were a lot of good teams. Sprite was good. I remember uh, I remember our I think it was my ten year old year. Um, we uh, we didn't win a game, um, and so that was that was a bit of a struggle. And uh, but we we fought through it, and then finally the next year we we won a few more. So that was that was positive. It was it was Kyle Dimmerling's father who was our our coach and Kyle and I are still really good friends to this day. And, and, and we, we, we talk about those, those old Clouser days a lot. <laughs> what was your favorite thing at the uh, concession stand there? I didn't really hit the railway concession stand too much. Sure. Um, you know, admittedly, I, I really think it was the, the canned beef jerky. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah uh, I remember that. Yeah. Because you got that, you got that uh, baseball card. Oh, that's right. The circle baseball card. I forgot about that. Sure, sure. So I was, I was always really excited to to get that. <laughs> so obviously, baseball is a huge part. You go to Vanderbilt. When did you decide, or when did you have in your mind that hey, I can maybe make a career out of this? Maybe not necessarily as a player, but you know, in kind of management. Um, sure. Well, I, I think it did start with going to Vanderbilt and playing because I I was actually at a Division three school, Middlebury College in Vermont my freshman year and really just really just being at that school my my mindset was sure I'd, I'd maybe like to coach um I'd like to be a college baseball coach um and then it wasn't until I transferred to Vanderbilt that um I you know we were probably exposed to a higher level of baseball um you know guys who would who would go on to play professionally and just being in that environment timed up nicely with um, Moneyball coming out and, and there being a little bit of hope for for those of us who weren't as talented playing the game um, to, to continue working in baseball. So it, it really started, I think, in in those Vanderbilt years where, um, you know, I, the first thought I had was being a college coach, but then I started thinking that, you know, maybe it would be interesting to, to work in, in a professional baseball team. And, uh and, and quite honestly, um, you know, at that time, I, I really wanted to be a college coach, and and it just timed up well with where the where the professional baseball industry was going. That they were accepting, mm-hmm. you know, people who weren't professional players in in the industry, and and uh, and and so that's really where that was born. But I, you know, I, I do I do give a lot of credit the the head coach at Vanderbilt, Tim Corbin. Um, it was his first year there in 2003 and he, he graciously let me walk onto the team and, and, uh, and kept me involved in the program. So, um, I'm indebted to him for that. And, and, and also a, a possible connection is that he actually recruited Jeff Yoder. Oh, um, okay. When, yeah, when he was the assistant coach at Clemson. 
Wow. Um, so, you know, obviously Jeff did, didn't go to Clemson, but um, our, our very first conversation when I told him I was from Pottsville was about him recalling being at that Dunkin' Donuts close to Cottage Hill um, oh. <laughs> trying to recruit Jeff and his family. So that was, that was a, a nice connection we established from the start. And the one thing, you know, just from talking with people and doing some reading, the one thing I admire about you is that, you know, you keep your coal region roots in the sense of that you're not afraid to get your hands dirty. And, you know, in my in my reading, I came across, you know, you worked at a hostel when you played in Spain. Um, you worked construction sure. when you, in Australia. And then when you went down to Venezuela, um, you were were you sleeping in the locker room? Is that is that what it was? That, that, that was like kind of your apartment? or <laughs> sure. Yeah. Um, when I went to Venezuela, essentially, um, one, one of the reasons I wanted to go there was, was to become immersed in the culture and the language. And, um, some of the clubbies asked if I just felt like staying in the clubhouse with them <laughs> and, uh, instead of having an apartment and, you know, I thought what better way to learn the language and really learn about, um, the culture and the people here than, than to really do that. So now you were, you were playing there. So you were one of the older guys in the team. I think you were like 26 at the time. So I'm sure, sure. you're playing with people who are, you know, 18, 17 year old kind of, you know, highly touted, uh, future, uh, professional players. What did you learn there in terms of like the game? I mean, is it a different kind of baseball game down there or, or is it still the fundamentals no, no matter where you go? Sure. I think the fundamentals are, are essential anywhere you go. But the biggest thing that I took away from being in that environment was um, just the the mental resiliency and fortitude that, that's required to play a game at that elite level. Um, so I was 26. Most of these players were 17, 18, 19, 20 years old. Um, and their their ability to um to fight through you know fight through failures manage expectations get back up the next day um commit to getting better um you know on a consistent basis at, at 18 years old was was extremely impressive to me um on that team Eduardo Escobar Rafael Ortega Juan Gratterall um several big leaguers you know emerged from that team and I I just remember thinking at the time, this was every day, every morning they came to the park willing to get better, uh, regardless of how they performed. And, and that was something that, that really impressed me. Now, uh, 26, I mean, I know it seems young now, but when you're 26, and I speak from my own experience, you feel old. Was there any part where you're like, God, what am I doing here? Like, is this, is this going to pay off or, or did you just kind of keep Without the doubt. Sure. I mean, a couple thoughts I had was one, like, wow, man, these guys are so much better than me <laughs> and I'm eight years older than them. Um, so that was definitely one thought, but sure. I think throughout all of the, you know, the, the experiences playing internationally that there was that constant thought or doubt in the back of your head, you know, am I doing the right thing? You know, should I, should I be getting in an internship with a front office? Should I be working a different job? Should I, you know, be doing something than carrying concrete here in Australia. You're right. Um, yeah, you know, those thoughts always crept in, but I think, um, you know, one of the most important lessons I think I learned and, you know, Mike Welsh learned and, and, and we all learned together with, with Coach Steidel back in the day was was the importance of, 
just blue collar work ethic of resiliency and and of of paying attention to details. And I think, um, you know, I, I think as I was going through those travels and those doubts and those experiences, I just had to have the confidence knowing that um, that it, it would it would pay off, and that if I continue to work hard and and paid attention to, to details and things like that, then um, it would benefit me in the long run. I, I didn't know when, but, mm-hmm. um, but but sure. I mean, to answer your question, there there's always doubt um, of, of if I was doing the right thing or not. So then you, you after playing there, you got the internship with the Pirates, um, and that's when you're so, – so is that your – that's your specialty is just kind of finding those hidden gems or, or do you kind of tour the world, tour South America – in terms of finding, you know, the next big leaguer? Sure. From probably from 2009 to 2015, really the, the focus was on, on international scouting. So when I, when I joined the pirates, I was fortunate enough to, um, to, to hook on to a front office internship where for, for a couple months, there was, there's some pretty, unique exposure to baseball operations in a front office. Um, and really, I, you know, I was planning on being there all year and, uh, AJ Preller, who, who's now the GM of the Padres at that time, he was the international scouting director with the Rangers. He, he had, he had called, um, and, and offered a, a possibility to, to be the, the Mexico area scout with the Rangers. Um, so it was really just an opportunity that I, I had always dreamed of. Actually, when when I started traveling around playing, one of the goals I had was to learn Spanish and become a, a Latin America scout. So when AJ called with that opportunity, it was it was intriguing, and and I went down there and and did that for a couple of years before moving to the Dominican Republic. And uh, and and yeah, that was that was the the main focus was was. Uh, traveling and scouting and finding um the the best young the best young international talent in mexico and then in the dominican and then and then throughout latin america now how do you how do you get wind of a of a player i mean is it is social media a huge part of it today or or is it just kind of you know boots on the ground you have scouts down there or or you know connections down there to kind of tell you hey this kid's coming up you might want to take a look at him what's kind of like the yeah, I, I'd imagine these days it seems like social media and, and um, the resources available on the internet are, are very helpful. I, I know that um, when I started in '09, it was really more relying on um, establishing connections and relationships with people on the ground, with amateur coaches, with um, professional organizations. You know, really picking everybody's brain on what what are the best ways to go about finding talent, but. Um, it, it really was about being proactive and making those contacts on your own and then going to the right tournaments and then, and then following up from there. So, um, you know, I, I really learned a lot in Mexico being on my own, not knowing every, anyone really before going down there and, mm-hmm. and, uh, and really then, you know, transitioning to the Dominican Republic and then, um, scouting Latin America in general, it, it really is all about, um, the, the process and systems you have in place, but also um, also primarily the people you have in place um, who are on the ground, who are establishing those connections and, and staying up to date on all, all the latest information and news. So, um, it, you know, scouting is, it's really a, a lot, a lot of uh, 
a, a lot of, of, of having the right people and, 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 and them being passionate for, for finding players and passionate for, for beating the competition. What's your advice? I mean, I know it's cliche where you, you know, the, the kids today, you know, they're playing travel ball and that, that's not necessarily a bad thing, but it seems like there's a lot more specialization and, you know, there, unfortunately there's a lot of parents who think, you know, their kid's going to be the next major league star. What's your advice to the kid? If you could talk to the kid today, you know, what would be the best piece of advice you could give them in terms of their future? Wow. That's a loaded question, man. Um, <laughs> I think, uh, Man, if, if I could just be as, as, as simple as possible here, and, and obviously these are, these are my own thoughts and by no means are these sure. correct, but, um, you know, I, I, I would say focus on being, um, focus on being the best athlete you can possibly be, focus mm -hmm. on being the, the best at practice that you can possibly be, and then focus on being the best teammate you can possibly be. Um, I think when it comes to, um, when it comes to developing, um, developing talent, um, you know, I think being maximizing your, your athletic movement patterns and athletic ability, um, is, is extremely important and a foundational building block for, for any elite performer. Um, and then I think, I think that practicing, um, you know, practicing with a purpose, with intent, with constant forms of feedback, um, with attention to detail, it, it, it's something again that you know we we learned at, in, in Pottsville playing for Coach Steidel how important practice was, and and uh, and, and and that really is is uh, is is, a, is the form to get better. Um, and then aside from those two things, being the best teammate and, and the most selfless guy you can be, because um, you know whereas whereas uh, the, the, the athlete and the practice, um, they're obviously two very important components. Um, being a good teammate and being selfless comes back to you. And um, whenever there's decisions being made on who to keep or who not to keep or, um, you know, who to give that other opportunity to, I think it's, it should be every player's goal that, um, that their teammate ability or their, their, their work ethic or, or, or their, their competitiveness, that, that those things really aren't factors in, in, uh, are negative factors or, or detractors from them getting opportunities. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, whether it's, like I said, whether it's, you know, who, who's that starting spot going to, or who's going to make that team or who's going to travel with us or, or things like that. Um, you know, to, to, to us, I guess, teammate is, competing it's 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 working hard it's being prepared it's being selfless and and those things are are actual tools and 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 skills that um that are really valued in this game and it's they're not just nice add-ons you know i think a sure. lot of times people think that oh well if he's good and he performs um that's a great add-on that he's a great teammate but um i think the more the more that this game's evolving, the more that that actually becomes a tool and a factor. And, and you see it a, a lot these days. Yeah, I mean, you look at the, the best teams in any sport. I mean, they're selfless. I mean, everyone's doing their own job and not kind of worried about their, their stats or whatever you want to call it. And they're kind of con contributing to the and, – and, you know, for the bigger bigger picture there. And, that, and that's uh, obviously – it's not just a cliche. So it's, it's nice to hear you say that. 
Um, sure. I, I mean, I always tell people, if you're good, they're going to find you today. It, trust me. <laughs> if you're good at football, if you're good at baseball, if you're good at basketball, someone, someone's going to find you. So, yeah. Yeah. And I, I also think, you know, the, the reason the emphasis on, on athleticism and movement patterns, I mean, you, I remember, you, you know, you were a good athlete, Alfredo, and, and, you know, as an amateur and, and the, the best athletes, the most powerful, explosive guys, the guys who control their bodies better than anybody else that that translates across different sports. And mm-hmm. I think, um, I think, you know, may, you know, while specialization in sports is, is probably beneficial for specific skill acquisition, it's, you know, it, it's, it's really maximizing those athletic movements and, and abilities that, um, that, that sometimes, you know, separate the, the, the elite performers at the pro level. So, you know, when, when you look at recruiting for college or you look at, you know, entering a professional organization in baseball, there, there are certain athletic qualities in, in, in players that are pretty consistent across the board. So, you know, it, it really isn't just about um, the specialization in, in, uh, in, in our opinion. Now yourself, you're, you're with the Blue Jays now. What's your, what's your ultimate goal as a, you know, in, in upper management? Uh, you know what, the, that question comes across from time to time and, and really personally, my ultimate goal is, is probably to be the, the, the best director of player development that I, I could be, you know, mm-hmm. I, 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 um, personally, I, I, I just feel grateful and fortunate to be a part of uh, an organization and a culture that that places a premium on on learning and and getting better every day and and fortunately that's that's uh, a large part of 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 my role here with with the Blue Jays. So I I, I really again I, I'm I'm really fortunate and feel really grateful to have this position and and I I would love to do it for a long time and and I think right now my only goal is to to continue um trying to to push myself and our staff and our players to to really be the best they can be you know whatever way possible you know I, I, and I after that answer I mean I can speak for you that that's not just a cliche you know coach to speak because I mean in a career just like baseball or any sport it comes down to fundamentals and you know if you're not doing your job the best you can do you're not going to get the next job so or even be considered for it if, if whatever the case may be. So I think that's, that is an important lesson in terms of just being the absolute best you can be in your position on that day. Yeah. And Alfredo, I thought, you know, when I, when I was an area scout in Mexico, um, you know, you, you, you had dreams of moving up and, um, you know, I, I wanted to be an international scouting director. I wanted to be involved in scouting in the Dominican and Venezuela and, and, you know, I was, I was lucky to have that opportunity in, in 2012. Um, but as much as I probably, it pains me to admit this, I think, you know, those were, those aspirations, um, were clear in my head in, in 2010, 2011, 2012 too. And, you know, I, it, in Mexico, Roberto Osuna and, and Julio Arias were two, now now present major league pitchers who lived within pretty much four and a half hours of where I lived. And, you know, we got to know them and I got to know them well, but, you know, I think sometimes the best, you know, the, 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 the best, uh, 
the best opportunities are the ones right in front of you. And, Mm -hmm. you know, looking back on it 10 years later, it, it was, it was evident to me that, you know, some of the best players that I I scouted were, you know, were those first two years in Mexico. And, and, you know, maybe if I would have just focused on, you know, being the best Mexico area scout and only that, then, you know, maybe, maybe I would have had some more success there. Now, do you ever uh, throw on the helmet and, uh, uh, take a few swings against any big league pitchers just for just for the hell of it or no <laughs> um i i don't i try not to um a embarrass myself as much as possible or or i, I also try not to be be um be a living breathing example of what not to do <laughs> in, in baseball so um but you know we uh interestingly enough um our, our coordinator group we we, we actually went through um, some practice design and, and, and some baseball drills. Um, it was last summer, actually, um, with the intent of, of, you know, us improving how we design drills, how we communicate those drills to players, you know, how we instruct. And, and so that, that was probably the closest I got, I've, I've gotten to actually, you know, um, putting on a helmet. But, yeah, it was, it was interesting to, to go back and, and, and try to, try to, to, to mimic these movements in a swing or feel the ground ball, you know, because I think the further away, um, the further away you get, um, from the field, but Ben Sherrington, who's our, um, VP of baseball ops, he always says the further away you get from the field, the, the easier the game seems to be. Yeah, and that's I think sure. that's, that's, yeah, like we, we, we really have to keep in mind is, is, um, is respecting how hard this game is to play. That's another thing that Eric Wedge, our field coordinator, always always references is just truly understanding and appreciating how hard this game is. Yeah, you know, you watch a football game, you're like, how did that guy miss that throw? It's like, well, he's got a 300-pound <laughs> yeah. guy breathing down his neck, and he's not in the backyard, you know? So, sure. Well, Gil, thanks so much. We'll definitely be uh, rooting for you, and uh, I'm, I'm sure we'll... Uh, you're definitely going to have a lot of fans here. I know a lot of people were anxious to, to listen to you. So hopefully uh, the younger players too could grab you know something out of this and uh, kind of apply it to their own uh, baseball careers, but really appreciate it. Yeah, no doubt. Thanks for having me, Alfredo, and, and all the best to you too. And, and please let me know anything I can do. All right. Thanks, Gil. Thanks again, guys, for listening. Um, Hopefully 2019 is as good as 2018. We're definitely uh, gaining an audience here. And people who I don't even know are, are, are talking to me and saying that they're, they've listened to the podcast. Uh, so obviously um, that is good to hear. And again, same as always, if you have any ideas, uh, reach out to me. If you want to be on yourself, um, uh, you'll see coming up here in the season, uh, a lot of people are. Uh, reaching out to me and and that's great and I love to have you guys on see you guys next week thank you